0: Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon Podcast. Because I have an echo in my ears, it sounded like I introduced it as the XXX Mormon Podcast, but don't be uh, confused, dismayed. uh, Be not afraid. For this is the XX Mormon podcast. And we have a beautiful sacrament meeting planned here today, a little bit uh, more casual. You know, we've had a lot of state conferences and special guest visitors and firesides, but today it is just myself, Elder Jackson, and of course, up on the stand presiding is the incredible, uh, indelible, is that an adjective? Uh, Bishop. Jensen. Bishop Jensen, thank you so much for presiding over this Ward family, and uh, I just want to invite the Spirit here as we as we discuss uh, moving on from Mormonism today.
1: Right. Also, I should note, don't confuse this podcast with the XXX Mormon podcast. Also, don't confuse it with the XX Mormon podcast. The, uh,
0: the, the XX Mormon Yeah, yeah. Podcast. Well, if you
1: start saying XXX really fast, it starts sounding like sex. So I don't want people to, right. to confuse us with the ex-sex Is there one.
0: an ex-sex Mormon podcast? Oh, for
1: sure. Some kind of weird porno podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so don't, make, don't confuse us that with that one.
0: There are a lot of like ex-Mormon things. Yeah. And I remember, and I've probably brought this up on the podcast before, but when I first left, I was talking to my mom. I was saying, oh, there's lots of like ex-Mormon podcast stuff out there and she's like oh because they need like a place to complain or something <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what i was like no we lost our community like we we give up everything in this divorce and uh yeah we need somewhere to put it so hopefully this is a place that people can find some healing and uh i don't know maybe recharge their crystals a little bit. (laughs) I'm not into crystals, to be clear.
1: Well, I mean, once you fall for one con, it's easy to start falling for another.
0: It's either easy or really hard. Like, I feel like there's no in-between. You either start, you're either like, no, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing anything ever again. Or you're like uh give me more of that right? yeah it's like
1: i'm really empty i'm really desperate somebody fill my life with meaning or yeah or yeah you fo- everything's a fraud which is that's where i've probably yeah. been for the last year and a half is like everything in the world is a lie you can't yeah. rely or trust on trust anyone with anything ever not even yourself never
0: ever <laughs> <Even> <laughs> i can't yourself. even trust me
1: yeah Because myself lied to myself for like 25 years or more.
0: Yeah. And it sucks. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, I guess the other thing, we haven't really mentioned our email in a lot of other podcast episodes as of late. Um, But if you want to get involved with the show, come on if you have an interesting idea. Or you just need to tell us thank you for the great job that we're doing, or tell us what we're not doing so great. Email us. Hate
0: hate, hate mail. mail. Send us hate we mail. We actually got we yeah, did why don't you? Yeah, we have some negative reviews. Not reviews, just ratings. Yeah. Nobody like everybody who's taken the time to leave a review has like given us five stars. But then there have been some uh one stars and two stars in Canada and the US. I don't know if we have reviews anywhere else. Um, but that's like a
1: sign that you're but, making it
0: when people start to hate you. It's like... Yeah. you
1: you yeah. bugged somebody, which means you're saying something worth listening to when somebody gets upset at what you say.
0: Yeah. When somebody has a problem with what you're preaching, when they find it, too. like It's not like we're out promoting mm-hmm. this. The only people we've told is personally a couple of other ex-mormon friends. Yeah. But then we we both had uh, a friend message us saying that he found the show and like knew who we are. Like how weird would that be? Is like, <laughs> "Oh, here's this sh- podcast you might enjoy." And then you listen in and they're like Elder Jackson and Bishop Jensen and then they're like Oh, I know those no, voices. That's, I, like, I know them. Yeah. I know these people, um, especially given that sometimes we have used our real names. I think
1: we've uh, gotten better as of
0: late. We're really good at the secrets. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, if you want to send us your hate mail instead of just giving us a one-star rating like a coward, uh, send, us, send us hate mail to <laughs> unmormon at gmail.com. If we get hate mail, we will probably read it on the air.
0: I think that'd be pretty fun. Yeah.
1: I, only the hate mail. Only the hate mail. We did kind of...
0: Or fan fiction.
1: <laughs> or fanfic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and do you want to read that one uh, particularly like vitriolic comment we got about Marvin's stories? Oh. <laughs> like the weirdest... No,
0: that person's probably <laughs> listening. Okay.
1: okay. Do you know... I wonder if our two down I just thought it was funny yeah.
0: that there there's one review that's like basically i love this podcast because of how much i hate mormon stories <laughs> and i just thought it was funny
1: <laughs> right and that's so yeah loyal listener yeah i guess we won't read your uh, review on air but that was quite interesting um it does give us a little bit of, it gives me a little sense of satisfaction when people compare us to john Dolan, just because uh I mean, Mormon Stories is the podcast to beat when it comes to ex-Mormon, post-Mormon podcasts. Um,
0: but are we competing?
1: We're not competing, but I just mean, like, he's been doing it the longest. He's probably let more true. people out of the church save Jesus only. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> save Brigham Young only.
1: And uh, and And so when people are like, just to get compared to somebody like that, it's yeah, I'd say the the comparison if if we're in the same headspace uh with our listeners, that feels pretty good
0: yeah it's it's kind of like oh cool, yeah, so somebody who knows who Conway West is knows who we are, right, right. Bodito Bodito.
1: <laughs> but there like there's this episode of Seinfeld with uh <laughs> This guy uh, doesn't like Jerry and, like, is just working out and staring at a picture of Jerry Seinfeld and then phones him and says, I'm going to put the kibosh on you. So that just makes me wonder about what type of person is leaving us a one-star review. Just some guy who's, like, staring at a picture of our podcast logo and, like,
0: working the bench press. (laughs) Which isn't much. It's like (laughs) Time's New Roman on a black background. Because I was like, normally I put in all this effort into making podcast cover art. Yeah. And then this one I'm like, "I don't care, like here this is the show we this is the title
1: we call that minimalistic in the uh in the design world we go for in, we in go for industry. minimal yeah in the industry we're, we're minimalistic
0: Bishop Jensen is actually an interior designer it, fun right? fact that's why he always talks about being an accountant
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, hidden talents um Okay, so you ready to get on with the topic of the day?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess we're, like, talking about <laughs> something. something. The, the This is going to be a throwback for all our year-long <laughs> listeners. This is just Bishop Jensen and I hanging out. Yeah,
1: so I was watching The Sixth Sense, actually for the first time in my life, uh, over the weekend. Wow. So, this episode, we may we need to put a trigger warning here. This episode may contain like 25 year old spoilers. So, Bruce, okay,
0: you've been Bruce Willis
1: was dead the whole time.
0: <laughs> warned. It, you've been warned. Warned.
1: Warned. Yeah, Bruce Willis dead the whole time. Okay. But in this movie, we've got. And, and wow. since I'm, you know, banking my exit of the church and it's been emotionally traumatic, I basically see every story is a story of leaving the church in some mm-hmm. way. Um, like I ball my eyes out in infinity war or end game every time when Thor has to go back and see his mom and he's perpetually mm. confronted with feeling like he's a disappointment and a failure to everybody. And I, like I, I, when I saw it in the theater, that was, The same year that I stopped going to church and I was bawling my eyes out in the theater, I actually saw it on a Sunday. That was the first time I went out on a Sunday to do something. It's like double sin. Brave. Um, So, anyway, going back to The Sixth Sense, watching it yesterday. And so the story is about this boy who sees ghosts. And all the ghosts that he sees, um, they're usually reacting violently. And he says that the ghosts only see what they want to see. And so the ghosts just see themselves as regular people, but he usually sees them, you know, in the condition that they were in when they died. So there's, like, a boy who got shot, accidentally shot in the head with a gun, and you see, like, the crater in the back of his skull, and, like, this girl died vomiting, and, like, when he first sees her ghost, she's vomiting, and this woman who burned in a fire and, like, half her body's burned up. Like, it, you know, it's scary and gruesome, and that's what what the kid sees, but the ghosts don't see that because they don't realize they're dead. And um, Mm -hmm. and then the ghosts are usually angry and like lots of the ghosts he's running into died horrible, violent deaths. So they're angry and violent when he runs into them. And uh, he's got like scars and marks and lacerations on his body because these ghosts, uh, you know, when they're they're emotionally charged up enough, they can actually interact with the physical world and they scratch him and and uh, and hit him and stuff like that. So he's just walking around, Mm -hmm. followed by ghosts, perpetually in fear and then the turning point in the movie is when bruce willis is talking to him and says well maybe you should try listening to these ghosts and see what happens and then uh one of these one of these ghosts um it's this little girl who is poisoned by her wicked stepmother um but the little boy starts listening to this girl ghost and she tells him that she's got evidence of her mom poisoning her and so him and bruce willis take the the bus to go to this funeral uh, and they're just walking around the girl's house while they're having like the, the post-funeral luncheon, and uh, they go up to her room, and it turns out she used to play with marionette puppets, and she'd videotape herself, and so one the last time she was videotaping herself playing with these puppets, um, she accidentally left the camera on, and it showed her stepmother poisoning her food, and uh, wow. right, and so the boy, so the girl tells him where to find this VHS tape, and he finds it. And then, uh, and then gives it to the dad, and then the girl's ghost is able to move on, and and ends up saving her younger sister from the same fate at the hands of the evil stepmother. But the comparison is, if you leave the church, and your memories, you're like haunted by these ghosts. Um, you're haunted by the ghost of feeling like you're a failure. You're haunted by this ghost of feeling like you missed out on so many opportunities in life you feel ripped off because nobody ever taught me how to drink <laughs> and now i'm an alcoholic or amen
0: like, uh, i miss. or now i'm too scared to, to, to try, try it try alcohol right i still skip
1: through sex scenes in movies because or whatever <laughs> i do i do i was watching game of thrones oh really yeah, i was watching game of thrones by myself and it's like i don't feel bad but this is still uncomfortable <laughs> like a lot of scenes yeah. right yeah
0: yeah Yeah, I mean, yesterday, I uh, bottled wine. Like, I helped... My aunt makes wine. Right. I was, like, helping bottling it and put the cork on and seal it and whatever. And now I can tell people, like, oh, I've made wine, but I've never... I've still never had it because there's, like, this thing I'm, like, I don't know how. Mm -hmm. Like, and I want it to... I don't know. Like, I, I... It's... There's... And I I almost feel no reason to. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, weird, wacky uh, thing. Like, the claws are still in my head. Yeah,
1: and and we walk around, and it's like we try to leave it behind, but we're perpetually haunted by these ghosts of our upbringing. Um, Mm -hmm. And so the turning point in the movie is when he tries to the boy's scared and afraid and angry all the time. But the turning point is when he decides to start looking at these ghosts and helping them move on. Um, and then he's able to kind of accept this gift that he has. And so leaving the church is a gift in a way. And the way it's a gift, I'd say, is that you learn um, to confront kind of your 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 long held beliefs admit that you were wrong about something and really change your mind about something, change your mind about some deeply held mm-hmm. beliefs. And so you can understand how that process goes. And I think if you look back, you can understand the things that were helpful and the things that weren't helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Because I know, um, Yeah. Well, I know, like I've gotten into discussions, usually it's well-intentioned missionaries who live in my basement, Um, but I'm not trying to change their mind. I just put the screws to them because they're annoying me. Um, But if I I think about the things that were really helpful for me, um, there were a lot of people who gave me a lot of space to process what I was thinking.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: There were a lot of people who were close to me who left the church who didn't try and ram it down my throat. All right. the reasons why the church was wrong. They let me work through it. Yeah. Um, like, what were some things that were helpful for you uh, from other people coming out of the church?
0: Um, the people who like let me rant <laughs> and talk about it, <laughs> like fill their ears with all the all the crazy. Uh, It did help. I remember there was a group, and I might have brought this up before, but there was a group of friends I went out for coffee with, and we were sitting down, and it came up that, like, oh, I had been Mormon, and they started, like, asking me questions, and I told them about all the crazy stuff, and I, like, showed them the handshakes from the temple, which I know is going to upset people but like that was like part of facing that ghost is like almost taking its teeth away being like (laughs) oh this is like the silly thing instead of doing it and thinking oh no now I'm damned to hell but just you know it's almost like uh, taking a leap of unfaith (laughs) to be like to be like Okay, the Mormon God isn't real. The Mormon God isn't real. The Mormon God isn't real. And then doing the the thing that in your head you still feel like is maybe wrong, but <laughs> you do it anyways. And then you realize like it's like that scene in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade where he has to step out onto like this invisible walkway and it's like he yeah. yeah, it just has to have faith. which is a weird thing to say but you just have to like have faith that the Mormon God isn't going to like curse you for saying this stuff or doing this secret handshake or whatever that it's going to be fine and then as soon as you do it it's like oh I'm okay like it's all all okay that's something that's helped me as people who've been like welcoming and listening (laughs) for that
1: There's like, um, well, part of the scene in in Sixth Sense where Bruce Willis is talking to the kid and he's telling him his, his theory that like, if you listen to these ghosts and help them fix their problems, they'll move on. And he's saying that to the kid. He's saying, I think if you do this, the ghosts will start going away. And the kid says, well, do you promise? And Bruce Willis says like, no, I don't know. But what other choice do we have? Or this is the risk we need to take or something like that. Something along those lines of... You know, this kid has been trying everything and nothing's been working Mm -hmm. and this is the only thing we can do. So when you're leaving the church and you're trying to, yeah, there's a lot of things that seem scary and the world seems like a scary place and you're conditioned to think the world was a scary place. But as you just try and little by little step into these things, you realize that they're not as scary as what you were told they were.
0: Yeah. And you start to slowly feel comfortable i remember uh it's like i i grew up with uh, a big fear of planes and it's largely like um like a control thing Mm -hmm. i found is that like i hate being a passenger in a car because why am i not at the wheel like why am i not in control and um it's that's kind of where my fear of flying came from. Mm-hmm. But then I got over it by learning about it. And how do planes work? And what is this? And then eventually when I finally did take a plane in my early 20s, it was like a like a thing of fascination. Like I turned it into a thing of fan- fascination mm-hmm. and curiosity in order for me to get over it and be comfortable with flying
1: like i had a fear that my house was going to burn down if we didn't pay our tithing and i think i've mentioned this even though i didn't believe in the church anymore Mm -hmm. the fear of tithing of not paying tithing had been so ingrained that i thought if i didn't pay it i was going to lose divine help and then i don't even think about not paying it anymore Yeah. Um, But it was taking a little leap of unfaith of just trying life on the other side. I remember me and my wife watching a show or a movie with like some sex scenes in it. And I was kind of like, oh, and she (laughs) my wife just looked at me and said, this is only weird because you're making this weird. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. And then I just was like, "Okay, I guess this is just what like people over the age of 15 just watch and it doesn't make me a degenerate <laughs> right but there's yeah. still this like idea in my head that if i watched sex scenes in a movie i'd be consuming pornography and become a pervert yeah and then automatically aut- that's just how it happens without any yeah that's what i thought was going to happen to me and then i yeah. just realized that i'm still a high functioning person who hasn't become a sex addict <laughs> like <laughs> good for uh, you Good for yeah. you, Bishop. Somehow that didn't lead me down a, a path of hookers and STIs um, by some miracle. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I do think at the same time, um, there's like, uh, you know, people talk about like the ex-Mormon alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it happens very often. Definitely not as much as people like talk about it. Um, But there is something to be said about just being educated and aware of what you're doing and, like, making that decision for you, not for, you know, rebellion, not to be like, oh, I'm going to stick it to the man or anything. Like, make those decisions for you. And, yeah, it always feels better because... You you can be proud of what you're doing. And I think that that's another problem we have is, like, these Mormon ghosts. It's not just, like, a fear of what this Mormon god or Joseph Smith thinks of us. It's, like, our family yeah. and the people that we leave behind in the church. Like, we're still worried. And I know, like, it's hard to talk about facing depression and anxiety and stuff with my mormon friends now because it's like oh no they're gonna think it's because i left the church and they're just gonna look at me with pity and be like oh if only he stayed do you know maybe this is the beginning when he starts to realize he should come back (laughs) uh yeah i think that's part of the problem
1: like you're you're unable to talk about the hard things in your life with Mormon friends and family because they'll just see it as like God cursing you for leaving the church and you can't have a real conversation with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels like that those are some of the ghosts mm-hmm. is the, you know, the fear of what our Mormon friends are going to think about because that's a, big way the church controls people is oh what's your congregation gonna think what are your home teachers gonna think Mm -hmm. and then you you know keeps you in line and i i think we carry a lot of that out into the lone and dreary wilderness or the lone and dreary world
1: you know there is an approach to it, and I don't know if I heard it on a podcast or saw it on just kind of a post. But after you tell your family that you've left the church, you give everybody some time to cool off, and then you say, "Hey, um, we haven't really talked since I told you that I no longer believe in the church. I just want to know what your thoughts and feelings about that are, and and give them an off." opportunity to tell you about how they're feeling because they're processing it too right. like we think that it's all us mm-hmm. my world has fallen apart my life has fallen apart but the people that are close to you they're to an extent their life and their worldview is also crumbling and they're processing mm-hmm. a lot of trauma and and so to not give them a space for them to talk about their feelings and this of course depends on like how i recognize that like my upbringing overall was good. My parents weren't abusive. They didn't use the, mm-hmm. the church teachings as an excuse to beat me or lock me in my room or something like that. I know there's people who live that way, and and maybe they just need to cut off their family mm-hmm. for being toxic or abusive. I'm talking about people, you know, who were like me, whose experience was pretty average and regular of giving your parents or, or your spouse or whoever some time to say, to, for them to talk about their feelings and how they're processing your faith transition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea. I have had some of that conversation with with a couple friends, and uh, one of my buddies, he told me that you know he was super worried <laughs> when I first told him, and that like his mind immediately went to like, Alex, a cr- I mean Elder Jackson is a crack addict now. And he's going astray, and he's lost everything. And then he said, after a few months, I realized nothing had changed, <laughs> and that you're still just the same person. Right? And I am. And I, I other than, I think, being a far more honest and genuine person. Um, but I haven't done that with my family, uh, really, which would be kind of an interesting one to explore uh yeah maybe i'll give that a go i don't know that would be interesting it feels like a weird thing to bring up like i mean anything any serious conversation Mm -hmm. is like a weird thing to bring up right like even even good news even being like so i'm pregnant like that's like a still how do i bring it up is there a right time is there right do you have any ideas. I just I
1: don't think it's an imperative. But I think if that's a ghost that's haunting you of what your parents think and feel Mm -hmm. about you leaving the church, then like the Mm -hmm. the like the movie says, listen to the ghost because they're working Mm -hmm. out an issue. So if your parents disappointment is a ghost that haunts you, ask your parents, what are you thinking and feeling and get them to tell you whether or not they're disappointed. And then it'll stop haunting you because then it'll be real. If, if they are disappointed, then you'll know. If they aren't disappointed, then you can move on. Either way, you'll be able to move on. But when you just let it haunt you as this, this specter of what do my parents think and feel about me leaving the church? I think we're really, really afraid of what our parents will think and feel. And so our fear makes us defensive and angry. And then we can dig up every bad memory about growing up. I can only say this because I've worked through it. You, you dig yeah. up every reason why your childhood sucked, and you find every reason why it was the church that made it suck, mm-hmm. and be angry at your parents, when really it's just like how I'm really, really feeling on the inside is I'm afraid that I've disappointed my parents and that they'll never look at me the same. Yeah. yeah. So why not deal? <laughs> and I did deal with that. I did have a heart-to-heart with my dad, and I did point-blank ask him if I was a disappointment. And he was able to tell me how he felt. Luckily, I'm not. <laughs> but it, I, like, I understand why it's scary because so you're raised in this environment of conditional love. Mm-hmm. And, and your worth and value is conditional based on whether or not you get the priesthood at the right age and whether or not you go on a mission and whether or not you finish university and whether or not you get married at the right time, whether or not you have your own kids, and whether or not you get your kids baptized, and whether or not you get your kids advanced on the priesthood, whether or not you send your kids on missions and on and on an unending cycle. And and so when you break free from that, I think most parents just love their kids no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a fear that your parents will conditionally love you. Yeah. And there's a yeah. fear that once you tell them the truth that they're never going to love you again, I think really they love you no matter what in most cases. Well,
0: And like that's not a thing just with Mormonism like I think everybody has that fear of like am I disappointing my parents <laughs> I, I at a dinner thing the other day there was a father there with his teenage son and the father was clearly trying to balance this you know oh I am proud of you and I want you to follow your dreams but also like you should do this, but it's just me trying to encourage you. Like it was this Mm -hmm. weird trying to balance of like being an encouraging parent at the same time as not putting so much pressure on them, but like still like encouraging them, Mm -hmm. but you know, not too much. And yeah. uh, So it's not an exclusive thing to Mormonism, the feeling that you want to be proud of your kids and you hope that they achieve great things and that they do what you want, but also you love them anyways. And then as a kid, from that perspective, being like, oh, I hope I don't disappoint my parents, but I didn't do that thing that they asked, but turns out they only encouraged me to do that because they thought I was into it, but I only acted into it because I thought they <laughs> wanted it for me. So, yeah, it's not like an exclusive to, to Mormonism thing, but hopefully people can find that way to foster that healthy relationship with whatever uh, adult, you know, uh, guardian parent figure they have in their lives.
1: What you mentioned, like how you brought up, this isn't a problem exclusive to Mormonism. I think that's like a a great sign of moving on is that I think, like for a long time, I'd look back at basically every problem in my life and find out what it had to do with the church. Like every problem of my mm-hmm. life, I could trace back to the church, in some way. Mm-hmm. And then, as I've spent more time getting away from it and moved on from anger, I can see that like a lot of it, um, like the value on performance and results, is definitely a Western and more, more so even a North American value. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Yeah, the church, I can't say that the church solely 100% gave me this sense of conditional value or conditional worth or conditional love. Um, But at the same time, like the church did nothing to help that problem. I think that's where I've been starting to come to peace with it, is that, you know what, the church wasn't the source of a lot of problems, but I was in this thing that said it was divinely inspired by God, and it did nothing to help me cope (laughs) <laughs> with, with the problems of, of, of just growing up in this world and, and in some cases amplified it, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I remember dealing with anxiety and coming face-to-face with, Do you know what, part of this is just how I'm genetically predisposed to be, slightly anxious, a bit of a warrior. I can't blame the church for that, but I can also say the church did nothing to help it and if anything, did mm-hmm. things to amplify it, Right. But I can't yeah. blame all my problems on the church anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Amen. Do we have other things, other thoughts to share on this uh, little episode?
1: No, I'm good. I'm good.
0: I'm good. Wow. I, 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 feel, I feel good about this one. I feel like this was one of those like good healing ones mm-hmm. where it's practical um, not as funny sorry guys um, but this this was fun I guess we will close then uh, with the hymn there is a green hill far away I know that's more of a sacrament hymn but uh, we don't eat the blood and body of Christ anyway, well we are so.
1: recording on Easter weekend so
0: is it Easter it is. weekend
1: oh wait no wow. this episode's coming out on Easter weekend we're recording it the weekend before uh-huh. Easter Palm Sunday
0: I, yeah, I literally know nothing about anything. So this was fun. And I guess we'll close in the name of Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior who died this very weekend, 2022 years ago. Is it after his death? It's AD, right? Yeah,
1: there's kind of like a.
0: Oh, no, that's Anno Domini. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Anyways, amen. amen.